Imagine building up your pet photography business so that you had a luxury studio space, three employees, you're photographing 250 clients a year, and then you close it all down to road trip with your dog across the United States for three months. Terrifying, amazing, our guest today swapped her high-end studio for the traveling van life and she doubled her earnings with that transition. She's built a successful business that supports her adventurous lifestyle. These days, she travels for three months out of the year, road tripping across America with pet photography shoots. So stay tuned for this interview with Erica Dorf as she shares all of her secrets and tips for making this awesome business model work. But before we get into that any further, just wanted to let you know really quickly that entries for the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards open this Sunday, that is May the 1st. There are, uh, just like the previous years, four separate categories that you can enter into. So there is action, portrait, pets and their people, and an open category too. And of course, we recommend that you enter one image into each category because at the end, it is the combined highest scoring prints that becomes the International Pet Photographer of the Year. So check out all of the details. It's on the website, the Pet Photographers Club slash awards jump on over, check out some inspiration from last year and the years before that. And of course, submit your entries too, because you've got to be in it to win it. All right, let's dive into this episode with Erica. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick-arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Season 12, Episode 6 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty McConnell. And I'm Caitlin J. McCall, and today we're chatting to Erica Dorf of Erica Dorf Photography. Welcome to the club, Erica. Hi guys, how are you? Oh, we're great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, Kirsty and I were chatting before we hit record about how jealous we are about your pet photography business model. So I guess let's dive straight into that because it's pretty unique. So do you want to tell the listener a little bit about how you run Arkadorf? Yeah, sure. So I actually used to own a brick and mortar studio for about a decade in Las Vegas. And so I come from a very, you know, the high end studio storefront, chandeliers, beautiful flooring, vintage couches, you know, that whole thing. Did that for about a decade and then sold my studio and decided to go mobile. So I started um, traveling with my dog, who you might hear snoring because she's right next to me. (laughs) She's my bloodhound and she snores very loud and um, she's a great traveler. But we started traveling together. It wasn't actually a business model to start with. It was just like, I want to travel with my dog, but I don't just want to wander aimlessly. So maybe I can, you know, incorporate shooting some portrait sessions along the way. So I just actually threw it out there on social media in the very beginning and just said, hey, I'm doing a road trip through these states if anyone's interested in booking a portrait session. And it was just on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. 
And most of my clientele are on Facebook. I don't have a lot of my clients who are on Instagram. And um, it just kind of built from there. And now what my business model is, it's uh, three months that I work. So I work three months out of the year and I take nine months off and I travel across the country, across the state. So I usually go from Washington state all the way out to New York and then back to California. I'm shooting portrait sessions. So I take 50 portrait sessions in a road trip and I take the rest of the year off. So in that time, I make my annual salary. I put money away for retirement. I live in a camper van. So that's what I travel in on my photography road trips. Wow. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. 50 shoots in a three-month period. So that's hectic. Let's just talk about just for the listener who hasn't checked out your website yet. I'm sure they will be. The camper van is clearly your home as well as, I guess, your office space. So you're editing in there and all of that kind of thing, right? Yep. Yep. My bathroom, my shower, my dog crate. Nice. (laughs) But sales must be in the client home then. Is that right? No, it's actually remote. So what I do, the only time that I'm actually seeing the clients in person is for the portrait session. And I'm actually not on the phone a lot with my clients. I was just talking to someone about that the other day, how just different things work for different businesses. And in my studio, I was always on the phone with people and, you know, booking their appointments and booking their consultations. And they would come in for an in-person consultation and, you know, come in for the portrait session and they come in for the in-person sales and all of that. So it's totally different now that I have a mobile business. So um, I'm booking all of my appointments just through email and communicating with people that way. I show up, I shoot their portrait session, and then the ordering session is actually remote. So I, you know, again, I came from the background. Yeah, I came from doing, you know, in-person sales for 10 years. So I get it. And everyone was like, you know, you have to project, you're leaving money on the table if you don't project and that whole thing. And I've had people suggest, you know, why don't you stay in people's homes? And I'm like, because my clients aren't stressed out. Like if people were stressed out, then I would maybe do it differently, but I'm still selling large wall portraits and my sales average has actually doubled since I've gone mobile. That was my exact next question, actually. Like, <laughs> Let's actually dive into that then. So you're still selling product. You just mentioned that. The sales are still where they need to be, higher, in fact. But you're having less client interaction. And you have obviously way less overheads because no studio with a fancy chandelier. Yeah. At at that time when I had the studio, right? I had the studio overhead, the three employees and all the things. So yeah, no, my overhead is like my gas for my van. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So how did you go like um, yourself in comprehending that switch, I guess. Like I know the client doesn't usually, I imagine that your client doesn't know any different. They don't know that before they were paying less and, and they were, you had a studio, et cetera. But for yourself, like, did you ever consider if, did you ever consider if, you know, you needed to change pricing models or you just stuck with what you knew the whole time? Yeah, that's a great question. So my pricing is totally different now, my pricing structure than it was before. So when I had a studio, I just had the creation fee and then people would come in and we would just kind of put a custom collection together for them. So it was really just an a la carte menu and I was helping them kind of build a collection. So they really could at the studio spend as much or as little as they want. Right now, as a mobile business, I'm not going to you know, drive across the country from Washington to New Jersey and someone only gets a couple 8x10s or someone gets holiday cards. Like, that's obviously not worth my time, you know, investment to 
drive all the way out there. So now I actually have a minimum, the $700 minimum. And that's kind of been like the sweet spot for me, I have found, just so it's not too high to where it's scaring people off, but those people are still spending, you know, two, three, four, five thousand dollars but it weeds out all of the people who just want a couple eight by tens or people who are interested in just digital files. Like it weeds all of those people out. Right. So with that $700 minimum, are they paying that up front or they're just aware that that's the cost that they're going to have to put down? So what they're doing, they're paying the 250 up front for the creation fee. And that is what I'm collecting. So they're just paying that. That's, you know, reserving their portrait session. And then once they do the ordering session, which is the remote appointment with me, that's when it just has a $450 print order minimum, if that makes sense. So their total minimum investment is 700, but it's just a 450 print minimum, which I've never had to even talk about or enforce. It's just like on my product menu. It's just there. But yeah, my sales average at the studio, I was shooting like 250 sessions a year when I was there. My sales average there was around 1200. And then now as a mobile business, it's around 2400. And what do you think is leading to that higher sale? I honestly think it's a combination of things. I think it's the minimum that does help a lot because it really does weed out those people who just want a few things. But it's also, I think it attracts a different type of clientele. Like I have a lot of the same clients from before, but it's also people are more invested in who I am because before when you're shooting 250 sessions a year and you have like a receptionist answering the phone and a different person was doing my editing and a different person was doing my sales sessions, you know, I would walk into the appointment sometimes to shoot their portraits and introduce myself. And they had no idea who I was. They were just calling this business to book a photography session, right? And I was just showing up and like I said, we were kind of meeting for the first time. They had done a consultation, they did all that, but that was with my employees. So it's almost like a doctor's office, right? Like you only see the doctor like when you're there for your appointment and you're dealing with the staff the rest of the time. Now I think it's different because people are so much more invested in who I am and everybody knows who I am that books a portrait session with me. They're excited. They follow my adventures with my dog. They follow like everything I do in van life. And they're like, oh, you just got a paddleboard. That's so great. And thank you so much for coming here. And where are you camping tonight? So I think it's just a more personal interaction that we're having. I don't know. It's, it's very word of mouth. You know, it's before with the studio, just you have a storefront. So it's kind of a little bit of if you build it, they will come because you get the walk-in traffic. You get the people seeing your sign off the street. You know, I have art displays around town. So people are coming to us where, you know, now it's more a lot of just word of mouth, friends referring friends, like a friend in Vegas refers their friend in Chicago you know, and she's talking me up and I show up in Chicago and she's like, thank you so much for coming out here. You're so amazing for doing this. So it's just, I don't know. And at the studio, like there were times where I was almost treated like a servant, not always, but like you're shooting, you know, hundreds of sessions a year. You're just going to get that with some people where now it's like all of my clients, I feel like I would go to lunch with every single one of my 50 clients, you know? You know, I think it's really inspiring for most of the listeners of this podcast to hear you actually say that, Erica, because most of us are small solo business owners without the receptionists, etc. And sometimes I know, or at least I can remember when I was starting out that I thought like, okay, if I want to be like a proper business, then I'm going to have to like aim towards having a studio and then staff and shooting 300 shoots a year, etc. And that's a totally different business to 
what usually attracts you to becoming a photographer in the first place. And so I think it's really, it must be inspiring for a lot of the listeners to hear that you're saying like, I've done both. And uh, the second one is actually paying me higher. (laughs) Yeah, no, and it, it, it absolutely is. And it's funny because I do a lot of mentoring with photographers and I have people who see pictures of my old studio and they're like, oh my gosh, that's my dream. And I'm like, is it really? Are you sure? Why, why is it your dream? That shouldn't be your dream. <laughs> you know, like for some people it might be, and that's great, but I'm actually always trying to talk people out of it because I want you to keep as much profit as you can in your pocket. Cause when I was at my studio, like with my employees, with my rent, all the other expenses, you know, your air conditioning breaks and you need a new lens or whatever. My break even was $10,000 a month. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Yeah. So what you're saying, like my sales average is higher my paycheck is actually doubled. Like what I pay myself has doubled from when I was at the studio. Um, but I'm only grossing half of what I gross at the studio. You know what I mean? So I'm grossing half the amount taking nine months off because I don't have that overhead. Then I just get to keep all of that money in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. It's so inspiring. Look, I really want to dive into sort of the logistics of how you're doing this, like questions that come to mind. Are like, are you showing clients products? How are you getting these clients? All that kind of thing. Let's pause here. So we'll wrap up part one now. We'll have the links to Arika's Instagram, van life, website, all the, all the awesome things. So you can just visit the show notes at the pet photographers club.com forward slash podcast forward slash one, two, zero, six. If you're a member of the club, don't forget that you can continue listening to part two of the interview in the member zone or in your private feed. Don't forget, if you're not a member yet, you can join us. It's only $10 a month. It goes a long way to supporting this podcast and includes lots of other perks and bonus content. So head on over to the Pet Photographers Club to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.